Welcome to the podcast for St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School Sherman Center that's in Random Lake, Wisconsin, north of Milwaukee and south of Sheboygan. We're pleased to share with you recent sermons and Bible classes from our congregation. We welcome you to join us for Divine Service Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We have Bible classes currently offered at 8.15 a.m. on Sunday. Join us to receive the Lord's Word and His gifts. Good morning. It is May 28th, 2020. This is our congregation of prayer for this day. This coming Sunday is the festival of Pentecost, and in preparation for that, then we're hearing... um, well, in some great detail, the epistle, which will be read on Sunday, well, it's really the second lesson from the book of Acts, and we'll consider it for our catechesis today. So glad to have you all with us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Psalm 81, sing aloud to God our strength, shout for joy to the God of Jacob, raise a song, sound the tambourine, the sweet Lie, lyre with the harp. Blow the trumpet at the new moon, at the full moon, at, on our feast day. For it is a statute for Israel, a just decree of the God of Jacob. He made it a decree in Joseph when he went out over the land of Egypt. I hear a language I had not known. I relieved your shoulder of the burden. Your hands were freed from the basket. In distress you called, and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. Hear, O my people, while I admonish you, O Israel, if you would but listen to me. There shall be no strange God among you. You shall not bow down to a foreign God. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe toward him, and their fate would last forever. But he would feed you with the finest of wheat, and with honey from the rock I would satisfy you. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A couple notes there. I think I might have mentioned it yesterday, but it's worth repeating. Um, You note in verse 5, he made it a decree in Joseph when he went out over the land of Egypt, I hear a language I had not known, right? And of course, we can relate to that with Pentecost. They hear in their own tongues, um, the apostles speaking the mighty works of God, that is the gospel. Right? The other thing I think we noted yesterday, but I discussed it with my children last night, is the, the change of subject. I don't know if you caught this. So it begins with this uh, call to worship for the Feast of Trumpets, right? And then it's verse 5, the subject is, He, the one who, the God our strength, the God of Jacob, he made it a decree in Joseph when he went out of the land of Egypt. But then notice it, the subject changes to, I, hear a language I had not known, I relieved your shoulder of the burden, 
and distress you called and I delivered you, right? And then later in verse 16, it switches back. The subject begins with, um, now he, again, the God of Jacob, the God of Israel, would feed you with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. So who's the I who's speaking here, who delivers the people? Of course, that's Jesus, right? Uh, But the he, I would say, uh, is referring then, uh, well, we would confess God the Father, the one who who is the God of our strength, the God of Jacob, who sends his son, the I, subject here, to subdue enemies and to, um, hmm, who would bring us out of Egypt and fill our mouths wide. All right, so beautiful confession of the Father and the Son at work here. Let's say our memory verse for this week. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Philippians 1, 21. And our catechism. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant, or maidservant, his ox, or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Now to widows. The widow who is really in need and left all alone puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and to ask God for help. But the widow who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. 1 Timothy 5, 5 5-6. And now to everyone. The commandments are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Romans 13, verse 9. I urge that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. 1 Timothy 2, verse 1. Our first reading today is uh, portions of Psalm 68. Uh, Not just verses 18 and 20, but I think I also specified... uh, That's right. We also have here uh, 32 through 35. You have ascended on high. You have led captivity captive. You have received gifts gifts among men, even from the rebellious, that the Lord God might dwell there. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. Our God is the God of salvation, and to God the Lord belongs escapes from death. Sing to God, you kingdoms of the earth. O sing praises to the Lord, to him who rides on the heavens, heaven of heavens, which were of old. Indeed, he sends out his voice, a mighty voice. Ascribe strength to God. His excellence is over Israel, and his strength is in the clouds. O God, you are more awesome than your holy places. The God of Israel is he who gives strength and power to his people. Blessed be God. There ends the reading. And now, our narrative reading and the text for our catechesis today is continuation of the record of Pentecost by St. Luke in Acts chapter 2. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified, and put to death whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David says concerning him, 
I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope, for you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this, which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. There ends our reading. Now some catechesis. How does um, St. Peter, continuing the sermon here, how does he identify Jesus in verse 22? A couple things there, right? Jesus of Nazareth, but I think the key phrase is, a man attested by God. Right? Attested by God. So the Father bears witness to Jesus. And how did the Father bear witness to who Jesus um, is? You see it there? By signs, right? And by our miracles, wonders, and signs. Those are the three things that the Father did through him. Note also what St. Peter says. Why was Jesus handed over? It says, right in verse 23, being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. This was the will of God that his son die for the sins of all people. What had people done to Jesus, according to Peter? taken him by lawless hands, and crucified him and put him to death. But what did the Father do? 24 again, God raised him from the dead. Because it was not possible for the grave to hold him, right? The pains of death to hold him. Um, and to prove that, uh, St. Peter quotes a psalm. This is Psalm 16. So again, David says concerning him from Psalm 16, uh, I believe, verse, uh, beginning in verse 8, right, through 11. Um, quoting this psalm, uh, which before, I don't know how they understood the psalm, okay? <laughs> I could look at like a Jewish study Bible and find out how they interpret it today, right? But clearly it's referring um, to that the grave could not hold Jesus, and Peter rightly, by the Spirit, interpreted that. According to verses 26 and 27 from the psalm there, where from where do we get our hope? Okay, you see, my heart rejoiced, my tongue was glad, my flesh also will rest in hope. Why? For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One 
to see corruption. The Lord has conquered death, and that is the source um, of our hope and our joy and our confession. Now, in verse 27, was David then writing about himself, or was he writing about Jesus, or was he writing about you? It's kind of a trick question. He's writing about both, both himself, David confessing the resurrection of the body on the last day, um, but also then putting these words, being um, Jesus being the son of David, are a confession of Jesus too, that he did not see corruption. What did David then confess in verse 28? Again, the resurrection of the body, right? You may have made known to me the ways of life. You make, will make me full of joy in your presence. Life everlasting. Now, Peter, in his preaching, says, speaking of David, says what about him? In time, he is both dead and buried, right? He had died. But why, then, did he believe in the resurrection? See, in verse 30, Peter tells us why David believed in the resurrection. Because God had promised that one of his descendants would sit upon his throne eternally. Now, where did Jesus ascend, according to Peter? To the right hand of the Father, that's right, in heaven. And what is the right hand? We've talked about this previous, but it's worth remembering, uh, repeating. The right hand of the Father is the position of authority uh, to reign over all things for the sake of you his church. What then does the ascension proclaim about Jesus? Hmm. Well, you have to scroll to the end maybe to see. What does this proclaim? That all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified. There it is, both Lord and Christ. What are the four major works of Christ which Peter described in this sermon then? Four major uh, events or works of Christ. All right, so we scroll back a little bit. Well, I would say we have his incarnation. Jesus of Nazareth. We have his crucifixion, whom you have crucified. We have his resurrection. He did not allow his, uh, this Holy One to see corruption, but God raised him up. And then we have his ascension. He ascended to the right hand of the Father. For David did not ascend to the heavens, but he says himself, the Lord said to my Lord, Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. All right, how's that? Peter's a great preacher. <laughs> Thanks to the Holy Spirit, right? All right. Here's a meditation on this text. Oh, before I do that, I see a question in the in the uh, comments. The ways of life. Yeah, there's only one way, right? It's uh, Jesus who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Right? So that plural, the ways of life. Um, eh, I don't know. I don't think you can... Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's wrong to say ways, plural. Um, it's, it's all the ways that Jesus himself uh, leads us into life. That is through the proclamation of the gospel, our baptism. He's feeding us with his body and blood. All right, meditation. The work of Christ can be divided into four parts, as we just said. The incarnation, 
the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the ascension. You know, just think of the creed. Notice that there is nothing in Peter's sermon about the right way to live or how to be a better person. (laughs) The things that we're asked to preach, it's not here. It's not in any of the sermons in Acts, by the way. There is only Christ, whose name is the only name by which we may be saved. The law in this sermon is that Israel had crucified the Messiah whom David had prophesied in the Psalms. In preaching the cross, Peter preached repentance. And in the preaching of the resurrection, he proclaimed the forgiveness of sins. This preaching of law and gospel, repentance and forgiveness, is what converted the hearts and the hearers to faith in Christ. This sermon did not call upon the hearers to make a decision for Jesus and did not declare absolution apart from repentance. And so thus, this sermon sets the pattern for all true preachers of the gospel until the day of our Lord's return, preaching repentance or the forgiveness of sins. God willing, that's what you hear every time you hear your pastor preach. (laughs) All right, speaking of ascension, we sing our ascension hymn that we've been singing this week, lovely hymn from Christopher Wordsworth, I guess you'd say it, and uh, see the Lord ascends in triumph. The Lord ascends in triumph, conquering king in royal state. Riding on the clouds his chariot to his heavenly palace gate. Hark the choirs of angel voices, joyful hallelujahs sing. And the portals high are lifted to receive their heavenly King. Who is this that comes in glory with the trump of jubilee? Lord of battles, God of armies, he has the victory. He who on the cross did suffer, he who from the grave arose, he has vanquished sin and Satan, he by death has crushed his foes. While he lifts his hands in blessing, is parted from his friends, while their eager eye behold him, he upon the clouds ascends. He who walked with God and pleased him, preaching truth and doom to come, he, how are he, knock his translated. 
to his everlasting home. Now our heavenly Aaron enters with his blood within the veil. Joshua now is come to Canaan, and the kings before him quail. Now he plants the tribes of Israel in their promised resting place. Now our great Elijah offers double portion of his grace. He has raised our human nature on the clouds to God's right hand. There we sit in heavenly places, there with him in glory stand. Jesus reigns, adored by angels, man with God is on the throne. By our mighty Lord's ascension, we by faith behold our home. We confess together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We pray together our collect for this week. O King of glory, Lord of hosts, uplifted in triumph far above all heavens, leave us not without consolation, but send us the Spirit of truth, whom you promised from the Father. For you live and reign with him and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Say a prayer for our nation. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Dear Heavenly Father, you call us to pray for our nation daily, but today especially we pray for the healing of our country. In the midst of suffering associated with COVID-19, we are even more aware of our mortality and our utter need for you. Vaccines, mitigations, and attention to hygiene may heal for a moment, but getting our lives right with you heals for eternity. So we begin our prayers for our nation by humbly coming before you in repentance and faith, asking that you forgive us, bless us, and show us how to live boldly for you and for each other even now. All this we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray also for the church and her pastors, for missionaries, especially the Federates family, teachers, especially those in our day school, deaconesses, and other servants of Christ in his church. 
for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament of the Lord's body and blood. We also pray for those who graduate and complete their studies, for our first responders, doctors, nurses, and all who work in nursing homes and hospitals, for a great end to our school year for our children, and for an end to anxious thoughts and constant worry. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray in thanksgiving for the resumption of divine service this weekend. We pray for those who celebrate today birthdays, uh, my son, Patrick Gillespie, and Elroy Herms. Pray for those who rejoice in the gift of their baptism, Samantha Wilson. We pray for those who have requested our prayers for illness, Marcella, Jan, David, Carol, Brad, Janet, Carol, and Chris, Sandy, Wendy, Linda, Joan, Ken, Aaron, and Brian. We pray for those who are homebound, Willis and Janice, Mickey and Bev, that they would be comforted knowing the Lord is with them always. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We pray Luther's morning prayer. I thank you, my heavenly Father. Through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. So glad to have you all with us today for our congregation at prayer again as we prepare for this coming Sunday for Pentecost. Also in preparation, uh, members of the parish will receive via email the um, a letter that will outline uh, the wins and whats and whys of uh, our reopening plan, at least as it stands today. And uh, Take the time to read that, if you will, uh, before this coming weekend so that you're prepared um, and understand that there will be some few small changes. And of course, we'll give plenty of hand-holding Sunday morning for you. Um, also note that in that letter, uh, there's a the first bold section, I think, it says uh, congregational survey. And this is really important for us as we move forward to understand just where you are um, as far as your opinions about reopening and your comfort level coming back to church, um, but also maybe what directions you might see us take moving forward, because this is going to be an ongoing thing, uh, how much of these online resources are valuable to you, um, how we might adapt uh, in person, so uh, our in-person meetings so that we can uh, also provide them online, all sorts of kind of questions about that, probably take you about 10 to 15 minutes, depending on how opinionated you are uh, to complete that survey. So watch for that link in the letter, in the email. And be sure to go and complete the survey via the link um, so that we can begin to gauge um, both maybe your level of appreciation of what we're doing, uh, maybe some things that we can do better, uh, but then also um, maybe some ideas that you have as to ways or directions that we might move moving forward. All right, so look for that survey and make sure to complete that for us. And uh, it won't be hard. Lord be with you all, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Thank you. 
We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.